This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. On today's episode, Maria is joined by a special panel to celebrate March is Reading Month. This audio comes from a virtual conference originally recorded March 9th. Now, here are the panelists. I'm Dan Sachs, and I've written a, a series of board books about families um, that are written by me and illustrated by Brooke Smart. And um, I'm uh, I'm a musician, I think, by trade, and I, um, I've been playing music for a long time. I host a, a podcast called Noodle Loaf, um, which is a music, music education podcast for kids, and these books sort of grew out of that project. So um, one is called Families Belong, is the first one that came out, Families Can and families grow and each of them uh, celebrates the diverse experiences and makeups and um, stories of of families um and and where are you zooming in from today dan i am from uh zooming in from brooklyn new york where it is a sort of march slushy gray <laughs> afternoon i'm glad to be looking at these beautiful faces <laughs> and bringing yeah, light to a cloudy yes. day. Excellent. Yes. Thank you, Dan. Let's have Anitra go next. Welcome. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's really awesome to be with you guys today. I'm zooming in from Geneva, Illinois. So it is, if you're in the city of Chicago, Chicago and you go out 30 miles toward the cornfields, and <laughs> that's roughly where I am. Um, I'm here in my home by my home library. And behind me, you see my new book that just came out and it's called Dancing with Daddy. So this came out in December. It's a brand new book, baby. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. This is a book that I wrote that I really wanted to see on shelves. Uh, it's very reflective of my family. And the book, I, I really wanted to go into a library, into a bookstore and see a family that looked just like mine. So Dan, I see some similarities in <laughs> some of the books projects that we are doing. Um, I'm a lifelong writer and reader. I always knew I wanted to write always. So I got into the field of journalism. I was a newspaper reporter for the Kansas City Star and the Sun-Times News Group. And then also was a publicist for Chicago Public Schools where I started helping find great stories about kids and classrooms and teachers. And then when I had children of my own, I kind of returned to my first love because I think I wrote my first picture book when I was five. <laughs> so it's, everything has kind of come full circle and I'm really excited about my book. And then there's a new one coming out. It's either going to be later this year or early next year called Willow and Bunny. Uh, I should say this book's illustrated by Ziyuer Chen. And then my second book is Willow and Bunny is illustrated by Christopher Denise. But thank you for the opportunity to meet all of you today. Absolutely, thank you so much. Carol, welcome. Hi everybody, I'm Carol McLeod. Nice to meet you all, even if it's virtual. I'm very happy to be here today. Um, my writing book started in 2006. Um, before that, uh, my degree is in early childhood, probably one of the first early childhood degrees. It was fairly new in college. And um, I had a career in early childhood teaching and also directing childcare centers. And then I also worked for newspapers um, to help supplement my salary as a preschool teacher. <laughs> so I had that career also. And then in 2006, um, in talking to another teacher, um, I had mentioned to her the bucket filling concept, which is what I write about. I have written 10 books, if you include a chapter book and a journal and a coloring book. 
all on the subject of being a bucket filler. And my first book came out in 2006. Um, have you filled the bucket today, which actually means have you done anything nice for anybody today? So I wrote that book um, basically because I, I felt that teachers needed the tool because I thought it was the most amazing concept that I ever used in working with children, how quickly they understand it and used it. And we created bucket filling classrooms where we would think about whose bucket we could fill that day. And then I saw the reciprocating benefits of actually being kind to others that that actually is where our happiness actually comes from. So I, I love my work. I love all the people I get to meet in person and virtually, and truly, it's just an honor to be here and to work with you, Maria. So thank you for the invitation. Oh, fantastic. And I do not see our fourth panelist. Oh, is our fourth panelist in here? I don't see if you are. Oh, there you are. Will you please introduce yourself? JD. Let me yes. Hi. Okay, good. Good. I was worried you weren't here. Nope, I'm here. <laughs> oh, there. Good morning, friends. My name is Jay De La Vega. I am the author of Petunia Brown, which is a awesome, fun picture book about a little girl who just loves adventure. I also wrote a middle grade book called Peter Tulliver in the City of Monsters. And I have two more books coming out in 2023 through Little Libros and Blue Bronco Books Jr. One is called Wepa, and the other one is called Annalise, The Special Dish. It is a early reader uh, graphic novel, the first in a series of, I think we're up to three right now. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot. <laughs> you are busy. Um, I'm <laughs> super busy. I'm super busy. Um, I write and I illustrate all of my books. Um, I also design stickers and shirts in my free time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I just love writing and reading. And it's so important to me to create books that I didn't get to read and see as a child. So a lot of my books feature children of color. Um, I try to ensure that all my books feature children of different abilities and different means of communication, um, different genders. I try to ensure that the children see themselves in my books and that everyone realizes that they can be the hero of their book, but also that other children are capable of being the hero as well. So. Jay, that is wonderful. And I personally, as a publisher, I gravitate toward people like you. And um, that's a big reason why I have invited all of you here today, because, um, you know, our numbers, as far as children's books go, as far as representing today's child, the numbers are still very low in representation. So I really do appreciate that. Now we are celebrating March's Reading Month. And Jay, actually, tell us where you are zooming in from. I'm coming in from Southern California, so it's still early here, trying to get the coffee in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not early here, but, um, and then I don't know if Carol had mentioned it, but she is in Florida. So we have um, people all over, I'm here in Michigan. So to celebrate March's Reading Month, one of the things I really wanted to ask our panelists, and I apologize, but I don't know if this was on the agenda. I think that those listening would love to hear what were you like as a child as far as reading and writing went? 
Um, were you a strong reader or writer? Did you like to read and write? Because sometimes authors kind of took that path as an adult and their background when they were a child was very different. So give us a little insight as to what you liked to do as a child. You all, anyone can go. It's just like a conversation. Go ahead. I love to write and I love to read. I love to draw. Um, growing up, it wasn't considered really a, a career that you followed because there was the whole starving artist idea. Um, so it wasn't something I saw myself in and I became a chef eventually, but I came full circle and I just came back to reading and, and writing and I loved it. So it was really important to me. Um, and it's something that's been really important to share with my children who also read and write, but not so much as this is a career, but this is something that you can have a passion about and do in your free time to express yourself. And I think it's important to note that in our group of panelists today, every single panelist has mentioned something else that they do to express themselves or in the past they have. So Dan uses music and Anitra and Carol both were in journalism, which is a different form of writing and expression. Mm -hmm. um, I, one of my earliest memories, I, th I was an early reader and one of my earliest memories is um, my kindergarten teacher taking me to the library to choose a book mm -hmm. that I could read for the class. This was early in kindergarten. So to be able to read a book to the class was a little bit like a magic trick. And that was like an early kind of prideful moment for me. Um, but more than um, yeah, doing a lot of writing and reading as a child, uh, I was definitely drawn to music and that was my creative outlet. Um, and, you know, I think the two are kind of connected in the brain to some way. Uh, and I was I was a quiet child. I think I, I spent a lot of time in my room kind of doing my thing. And um, for me, it was, you know, tinkering on a on a keyboard or um, playing a guitar once I once I found one uh, and that kind of that, that kind of thing. That's what Fantastic. I was into as a kid. That's great. <laughs> All right, I'll step in here because I was definitely the reluctant reader. I was the worst reader in our third grade class. So you teachers out there keep up the great work because if it wasn't for that teacher, I probably wouldn't be here. I was very good in math, but terrible reader. Artist, don't even, I couldn't, couldn't even draw a stick person. So, but um, thankfully I had a teacher in third grade who worked with me. My mother took us to the bookmobile every week. So we got to pick out books. I think that encouraged me. I had an older sister who was a great reader and that discouraged me because she was such a great reader that reading out loud intimidated me. So, but I did learn how to structure a sentence and diagram a sentence. And um, I think if you have an idea and you have the basic skills of, of writing, I think that you can get your message across. And I think reading is a wonderful tool to express that. But I really don't consider myself a creative writer because I'm really more interested in what is what what is it I'm trying to share and get across to people, and that's really a kind of a different type of reading. It's, um, but I love to read now, so thankfully I I, I crossed that bridge <laughs> into and, the love yeah. to read. And Carol, I would say that um, you bring a lot of passion into your writing. And so, like you had said, it's the message you want to get out. And now mm -hmm. people are using the bucket filler language in their homes about, you know, teaching their mm -hmm. children to be kind and to fill others' buckets. So um, yours is really about the message and that passion. So thank you for sharing. It is. 
Anitra? Yeah, so I loved writing. It was always what I wanted to do. So I think I wrote my first picture book when I was five and joined my first critique group when I was five because we had mm -hmm. this program called the Young Authors Club at our school. So it's across the street from my house. Uh, I just had to walk in, you know, with my all of my loose leaf paper and my color pencil. So it really was my first love. It was the first thing I ever wrote uh, was picture books. But then I kind of took a U-turn from that and started expressing myself in different ways through poetry. I played the piano and would write songs. Um, but I knew one thing for sure. I didn't know how I felt about anything until I started writing it. <laughs> so as I would go into mm -hmm. you know, a new experience, a new relationship, um, a fear, an excitement, I would always journal about it, write about it, and mm -hmm. find my way through. And I think that's still something that I do when I'm writing. And I think as readers, we do that too, especially if we identify in with the emotions that a character in a story is going through. Mm -hmm. That kind of helps us work our mm -hmm. things through as we're reading. So they ended up going very much hand in hand as a reader. I It was a pretty solitary experience for me. I mean, I just wanted to get lost in the library at school, uh, at my community. I'm from a really small town, a thousand people in my hometown. So the library was my refuge. There was not it's kind of, you know, a very rural area with not a lot of cultural opportunities. So I think I learned about the world through my library too. And Anitra, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but you also um, head up a program where you're trying to help schools gain access to books, correct? Yes. So I've got my got a couple things cooking <laughs> through, through my work with Chicago Public Schools. I got to know a wonderful man. His name is Pastor Michael Neal, and he has a literacy nonprofit. And through that, we every year, we just finished our fifth book drive where we, we I asked sort of my friends in the Kidlet community if they or their publishers would be able to donate a full classroom, such as Cardinal Rule Press, yes. who's been a faithful contributor to the drive. And then um, through the partnerships that Pastor Neil has with the schools, um, we visit and, and hand out books and help children develop their home libraries. Uh, because that's, I think, something that's so important is that ownership of the story mm -hmm. that's, that's yours and having that bookshelf and seeing yourself as a reader. I think that surrounding yourselves with books isn't something that all kids can relate to, but if they, if they have their own books, I think that they can see themselves as someone who reads and who writes and, and that all becomes part of their world. Something that um, I'm really taking away as a, as a facilitator and as an attendee of this event is for those boys and girls listening, when you, let's say you have a specific job and you go to your job every day and you do something similar every day. So maybe if you work at a bakery and maybe you go every morning and you bake, bake, bake you might change the things that you are baking, but you are baking and cleaning up and baking again. One of the things I'm really noticing in the writing industry is that these authors are doing many things. It looks different almost mm -hmm. every single day for them. And I think that's probably one thing that they love about the work they do is that they can have many different um, things cooking at the same time. And they're able to, you know, one day, do a speaking presentation with a school. And the next day, maybe they are able to um, read a book virtually on the computer or just spend time writing. Um, so for those of you listening, I think that's really something to think about. Now, our next question is a really interesting one. We wanna know what is something um, maybe unique about your writing or Jay, your illustration process? 
So I will give you an example. I interviewed a middle grade author about a year ago. And when she writes, she puts on headphones and listens to really loud music. And I said, wait, am I getting this clear? Because I know for me, when I'm writing, I have to have it very quiet. So is there something that you can share about your creative process with our listeners today? Well, I will say that I'm like you, Maria, I have to have it quiet, which is why I was had a difficult time in the last two years because I was kind of out in the open area of our home and um, I am easily distracted. So once I am interrupted or distracted, I have a hard time going back to what I was doing. So um, I'm sure I might've had a label when I was in school as being um, easily distracted because it's true. So I now have an office that after like two years of asking my husband to be quiet and the neighbors <laughs> to be quiet, I decided I needed a space to do that. So, and um, I don't have to use earphones, but I have a quiet space and that really is a big help for me. So setting a time, having a quiet space, um, you know, usually I, I can write at that point unless I say, oh, this isn't a good day, but I, I try to have a structure to do that. And you need, I need uninterrupted time. And it's hard to find that sometimes with families. I definitely can't work if there's conversations or anything like that going on. And I've, you know, similar thing where my partner would, uh, for a good amount of the last couple of years, shared a wall, uh, and she has a, uh, a much less well it's just you know sort of zoom meetings uh, sort mm -hmm. of deflate any creative process that may be happening over here um so sometimes i'll do headphones but it's got to be instrumental music um and it can mm -hmm. be loud and if it's not working in here if it's not quiet then i get up and i walk around i'll walk around the block i'll sort of mm -hmm. walk around the neighborhood kind of mix it up um the the first two books that I wrote started as songs. Um, so a big part of the process was, I mean, I, I wrote these songs, and then I kind of pitched them um, to someone I knew to see if they thought that it could translate into book format. So that writing process beyond just kind of like the the environment that I need to write was sort of the, the morphing of a, a song into a book um, because what works as a song I found out, I was like, Oh, good. You like it? Great. We're done, right? I wrote this song. Uh, and like, no, song, songs and books aren't the same, apparently. Um, so a lot of the process was kind of tweaking it uh, and figuring out what works on the page that doesn't work. Um, yeah, if otherwise. That's excellent. And for children listening, I know that's a big reason why teachers have them brainstorm and get a list of ideas because Children, we mm -hmm. know that you cannot get up and just walk around when you're um, distracted and the ideas aren't there. And we realize that you um, probably ask your neighbors to quiet down, but it may not work in a classroom. So um, we do have a couple questions coming in. So yes, I'll just pause here and let our audience know. We have some third graders in Massachusetts with questions. Um, so teachers and uh, aspiring writers, if you have any questions, go ahead and put them in the chat and um, I will ask the um, panel. But let's see, uh, um, Jay or Anitra about your process and then I'll get the questions going. Well, I have little ones, so I have to have complete structure throughout the day. I start around 6 a.m. and once they're out the door and off to school, I come home, I do my drawing warm up, and 
then after I do my warm up, then a little bit of social media, um, I start editing whatever my publisher says I need to fix. And from there, maybe if I get an idea, I'll write it down in my notebook and outline the story so I can always come back to it. Um, it really depends on what my month looks like. Um, sometimes it's really, really busy when you're trying to balance all the things that kids want to do and all the fun they want to have and then <laughs> trying to build a career. So, you know, it just, it really depends. Every day definitely can be different. You know, uh, every day you have to be a little bit flexible. And mm -hmm. if you feel inspired, make sure you have your notebook with you and write it down real quick. Mm -hmm. And then when you have a moment, you just work on it and try not to force it and just get it out. So, you know, for me, it's as long as I do that warm up in the morning and I do a little bit of work at night and in the afternoons when they're gone, then that's pretty much my day. And I can say, okay, well, I accomplished something today. So that's good enough. <laughs> hey, do you have a favorite um, illustrated page in your book that you can share with the audience and maybe uh, share something about your creative process as far as illustrating goes? Um, okay. So I'm a messy illustrator. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> what that means is that I don't really sketch, like I'll draw a little stick figure and, and then I just draw over that and it's a completely finished work. Um, and what I've gotten into the habit of doing is making sure that each of my illustrations is on a different layer. That way, when my <laughs> when the publisher comes back and goes, you know, those aren't consistent. <laughs> I can just delete that one section and not have to redo the page. But I am a very messy, messy illustrator. Um, this one, I think this is my favorite one. When I was still hand painting and, and hand drawing everything, this one here, Petunia Brown. She said, my dress has, this dress has pockets, which I think is the most important thing probably on this planet. <laughs> dress is having pockets. I agree, yes. <laughs> Fantastic, I love that. And Anitra? Oh, sure. So whenever a story idea comes to me, it's pretty unexpected. So I always like to compare it to like if, if you're sitting in a room and out of the corner of your eye, you just see like a little string. It's like a color you weren't expecting, a shine to it you weren't expecting, and you don't have a clue where it's coming from. And then I just kind of start to pull that <laughs> and then see if it's changing as it's coming in. Is it, uh, you know, do I have enough of that ribbon of that string to to weave something, to knit something, to tie it together into a story. So sometimes I don't know that until I hear sort of a refrain in my ear, a phrase, a repeated idea that I that I know it is sort of going to serve as the foundation for the story or the moment that I'm working toward. 
And like I said, sometimes that happens when I'm in my car. I also have young children. I have a 10 year old, an eight year old and a seven year old. So I'm always taking them here and there. So my laptop is always in my backpack. Um, if I grab a receipt or a napkin or whatever, I have to get like that idea down. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to serious drafting, I'm usually at my kitchen table and I've got, you know, got the coffee, the water, and the tea. I've got <laughs> all of my snacks. And then I just kind of hunker down to work. So I think part of me coming from the journalism background and that idea of the story is due at 2 p.m. Like it has to be done. I sort of, in a way, impose some deadlines on myself. Like you have an hour and a half till the children come back in the door. So like that, that is in and of itself adds some structure to my day. Mm -hmm. So students, whenever you're working on a story and you know you have, uh, you have some time to work on it, that's your time where you are hunkering down and putting your words down and, and getting your thoughts on the paper. And then I'm sure your teachers often tell you that your story can always get stronger. So I have writing partners that I work mm -hmm. with and I share my work with them. They, if they all tell me this one area is not working, I know I have work to do and I go back and I add, add to it, add language, add musicality and strengthen the story. So it's an ongoing process, just like I know a lot of the teachers mm -hmm. know that revision is more than half of the job um, from where I am sitting. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so we just got a ton of questions. So we're going to make this like a little game, my panelists that are tuning in, and I'm going to read a question. I'm going to read a question and say, go, and just one person answers it. And then I'll go to the next question. So we'll kind of go through this quickly because I tried to wrap it up around 35, 40 minutes so that children can, you know, get up out of their chairs and wiggle. All right, so here we go. We have classrooms from Royal Oak, Michigan, from Massachusetts. Um, we have from, Tr from Trent Park Elementary. I'm not sure where that is, but people tuning in all over. Fifth grade, third grade, kindergarten. Awesome. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, First of all, this is a compliment. You have good books. Thank you, James. I'm sure that everyone <laughs> listening really appreciates that. All right, from Ben and Kai, how long does it take you to write a book? That's a hard question. Go. Surprisingly long. A book with, <laughs> I don't know, 80 words in it. <laughs> That's a really great answer. That's a great answer. Yeah, Next uh -huh. question from Karen. Um, uh, from Karen, what kinds of books do you write? So could you could you name the genre? Go. Picture books, graphic novels, middle grade, and young adult. Okay, and I know Carol and Anitra, those are, um, and same with Dan, realistic fiction, right? So, um, all right, next, let's see. <laughs> Shannon, how loud is too loud to keep you from writing? Go. Mm. For me, it can be loud. It just can't have it can't have talking or words. Lasted <laughs> instrumental, that's fine. It can be loud. I'll take it. But if there's right. words, it's confusing. Name a person who inspires you. Go. Christian Robinson. I'll add Margarita. Margarita Engel is a huge, huge favorite of mine. Anyone else? The Woody Guthrie. There you go. <laughs> Carol McLeod. Well. So many. I'm like, in what area? Who inspires me? Like this moment. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. Um, here we go. Uh, da, da, da. What is your favorite picture book that you have read? Go. 
mine is love you forever the only um oh there she is yours oh, <laughs> awesome okay here we go more questions coming in uh do 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 do, do sammy inspired uh do, do, do a lot of repeat questions so friends um you are asking all the good questions here we go okay what is your favorite part about being an author go Creating new worlds, creating worlds that many people can see themselves in and mm -hmm. for kids to be able to be like, that looks like me or mm -hmm. that's my life. That is the most important thing to me. It's mm -hmm. phenomenal. It feels great. That's mm -hmm. an amazing answer. Ha this is a really hard question. Um, roll. Who's going to take this one on? Have you ever made a mistake so bad you wanted to quit writing go i'll jump i'll jump in <laughs> one time i sent a version of my story that i thought was final which was not final and it was the wrong version and then things started moving with that version and then oops not the right and we had to go back 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 that was horrible horrible <laughs> great answer ready <laughs> This is from a five-year-old Lucy. Lucy, I am so proud of you for asking a question that takes courage. Lucy would like to know, how do you get a job as a writer? Now let's take this, let's take this as a writer and not a published writer. So who can answer the question, how would you get a job as just a writer, not a published author? Go. Lucy, if you're writing right now, you're a writer. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. <laughs> You've got the job, Lucy. You've got the job. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Yep. And here's the last question. Roy, um, thank you so much. Roy was a, a big contributor to the questions. What is a favorite book of yours that you have written for, for anyone who would like to answer? I think that's a hard question because mm -hmm. as you write, you become a better writer and each mm -hmm. book progressively gets better. So, you know, right now, my favorite book is WEPA, but, you know, once you finish other books, they become better and you become a stronger writer and a stronger illustrator. So um, I think whatever I'm working on in that moment is my favorite, but it's always open to change. That's good. You know, we had one last question from Rich, and I, I, I will actually answer this one. Rich is um, asking advice for any new independent writers on how to protect the, you know, creativity and the vision of your work while working with illustrators and publishers. And I will say, I think, Rich, it's really important to be honest and authentic when working with a publisher mm -hmm. and you know, really providing good art notes um, and providing some character descriptions and um, just being a part of the process. And if you are able to meet with the artist, I say do it on Zoom and make that personal connection. Um, you know, this technology has allowed us to do so many really great things. Um, and so maybe that's how I would answer that question because I'm mm -hmm. in that position as a publisher. So ladies and gentlemen, so many comments, positive comments in the chat to our panelists. Um, we are so thankful that you are here today. We're going to send out an email so that you have a link to everyone's books 
who is on the panel, it will link over to bookshop.org that we like to support because they um, get books into indie bookstores. My name is Maria Desmondi from Cardinal Rule Press. We wish you a happy March's Reading Month, and we hope that you keep on reading and writing. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. A big goodbye. We appreciate you tuning in. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.